Judge for this, you're not right, something's wrong, blah blah, no. Too risky for you to be in a forest, you might get in a fight with a tree or something. So have you got questions to ask me and stuff, no. or do I have to... I literally just have to ad-lib. Well, I just talked to you. We just talked yeah. to each other. Yeah, okay. But you've got a rough structure guide thing. No. no? No, of course not. Oh, my God. Okay. We're just going into it like we're just having a normal conversation. Okay. Is it scary? Would you kind rather of. I interrogate no, you? No, not at all. Not at all. It's just if I have some guidance. Otherwise, I'd just literally ramble about yeah. whatever. What's so if you go off on a tangent, I'll be yeah. like, get back. Yeah, exactly. Get back in your cage. <laughs> I'm sitting here with Sophia. She is a descendant of Charles Darwin. I am, oh. yes. Tell us yes. about that. Uh... <laughs> what do I say? We're in. We're in. So this podcast is called Coffee and Psychosis, but it has nothing to do with coffee. <laughs> So we must be here for one reason. So psychosis, what's up with that? For me, it wasn't uh, what they explain it as being. So for me, I kind of experienced just a whole rush of different feelings. And I thought the world was much deeper than most people saw. So, you know, it felt like everything was kind of happening deliberately. Like it almost been planned and so for me, when I was hearing stuff, it was the preordained stuff that was supposed to happen. And they were, they were guides. They were kind of guiding me through, you know, the Truman Show, basically. I was and, just thinking the Truman Show. Yeah, exactly. So it's like... The Truman Show on acid. Yeah. 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 All, just, the, all yeah. the drugs. The Truman Show on all the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. No Jim Carrey. No. Uh. No. So I like, I could hear voices but it'd be like in a car engine i'd hear someone saying something but with the sounds of the engine so it wasn't it wasn't a voice that you couldn't get away from it was just the whole world was making sounds that sounded like speech um as well as voices as well so it was just really weird it was like you couldn't escape it it was just part of my life so i kind of just got used to it and yeah very odd when did it happen Ooh. um I don't even know. I think 2007. Oh, that's like 10 years ago now. Yeah, long time. Long time. So how's it, looking back on it, is it? It feels, I don't know. I feel like it was a a transition I had to go through. And I'm much more who I'm meant to be after it, I think. I think I know myself a lot more um, since, you know, working through it and, you know, using my art and using a way of channeling it so that it doesn't feel like it was a bad thing I kind of use it as a experience like a life experience that I don't see it as a negative thing and I think too many people do they see it as like oh something's wrong with you there's nothing wrong it's just we're experiencing life in a different way for a bit you know too simple to say it's wrong yeah what do you say to those people who are like you've got a fucking brain disease I kind of almost pity them because they don't see it as in it's just a natural progression. You will find, you know, everyone struggles with inner thoughts all the time, you know, and it it doesn't mean 
anything's wrong with you you're just experiencing something and it's it's actually a, a good thing I think to be able to get through it I guess and just know that it's, it's there's nothing wrong with it you are just living it you know you, you bought the ticket take the ride yeah I think at the time I was so in another world that it I didn't really it wasn't a traumatic well it was traumatic I did go through a lot of Difficult times, but I think at the time I was so blinded by it, you know, so if I saw something, if I, you know, if I say I see something now, I'd be so scared or whatever. But at the time, I kind of just accepted it, just being like, right, okay, so he's over there. He's talking to me, you know, and I just kind of witnessed it. I was just there as a kind of channeler, a medium-ish, you know, like it felt like they were coming... Yeah, it was, yeah, but I just accepted it. I was like, yeah, ghosts exist, you know. I'm talking to them right now. They're telling me, you know, stuff and I can see them and if anything, I'm helping them on their journey. Like, it was just a weird, I don't know. Was there fear involved yeah, or what? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, you know, the first time I felt very terrified, <laughs> but then you kind of just get used to it because you just see them all the time and you hear them all the time and you kind of just like, okay, so you're here for a reason, I'll help you. <laughs> so you, you were quite keen to sort of explore it. Yeah, I think it got to a point where I was just, I just accepted it and I just went with it instead of fighting it. Because if you fight it, then you get into a negative place of, oh my God, I'm scared. And it just gets you into a a vulnerable place where you can't necessarily get out of it. If you just accept it and just go with it, you know. I guess there's there's probably like other things you have to fight mm -hmm. beyond your own mind when you're in that state. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like other people. Yeah. You're like, yeah. you're crazy. Yeah, exactly. Why do you think it happened? Do you think there's a reason? I think probably just overwhelming stress. Yeah. I'd moved out for the first time. I was on, totally on my own. Um, I witnessed a fight happening upstairs when my boyfriend was away. So I was totally on my own. And I just heard screaming and then a th- massive thud. And I just heard her say, like, put down the knife. And it was just a really horrible kind of awful. Oh, the moon is amazing. Sorry. <laughs> is that a tangent? <laughs> it's beautiful. The tangents of No, the we moon. looked over there because the noise and then I saw the moon. Oh, wow. Well, um, is that a coincidence? <laughs> was it, maybe that was God driving by on that bucket. Yeah, exactly. No, it's actually phenomenal. You should have seen the moon. Ah. No, anyway, I just got very scared by this incident and I think that then just triggered me into a fear kind of place and then because I was on my own I didn't want to contact my mum because I was like nope I'm doing it alone I can be on my own blah, blah, blah. and it just escalated into just a, a kind of very traumatic I'm sorry I can't think of another word I think it's just a lot of things really I mean there's no one reason probably no is no and it's just one on top of the other and then you let your brain just go you know just lots of different I don't know so you've got a really posh voice haven't you <laughs> no <laughs> There'll be some American people listening and being like, oh, okay. the, the Queen's had a psychosis. <laughs> the Queen's had psychosis. Can you say something like scones, like tea crumpets? Scones, yeah. tea crumpets. Would you like a crumpet? Would you like a crumpet? Do you like it when Americans um, do impersonations of English accents? It's one of my favourite things. Okay, okay. Can do, you do, do an like American it? doing an English accent? Yeah. Oi, blimey, get over here. <laughs> so should we sort of recount the story? What do you okay. think? Yeah. Okay. So when did you first realise there was something spooky going on? Um, was it like a gradual thing or were you like, whoa, what's going yeah, on Yeah, 
I don't, this is the thing, I don't really know. Mm. Because I don't feel like I was there. So, you know, there was a time when my mum stepped in and kind of, you know, my family were there and, but I didn't feel it. I didn't feel like anything was wrong. I kind of felt like it was just a journey and I was just experiencing it. So, I don't know. I can't really pinpoint when I felt like anything, you know, it's, it's really, it's hard to explain. I was just doing unusual things. You know, I'd go running with the birds before the birds even woke up and I used to jog along the seafront and then as the sun rose, I'd give them bread, you know. It was just like a weird kind of the with bir- nature. The birds were running? The, no, I ran on the mezzanine and the birds were at the same level. They were walking? Yeah. No, yeah. they were flying in the air. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that would have been pretty sad. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Birds yeah. running. I was, in, birds run? I was flying too. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you were. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we're flying right now. Maybe. Maybe we're in an aeroplane. Yeah. Maybe we're in the be. Matrix in an aeroplane. <laughs> so what was going on in your head? I don't know. You were seeing stuff? You were hearing stuff? I was seeing stuff. I was hearing stuff. What stuff? <sighs> I don't really know. Well, oh God. There's so many different stories. Um, What's the one that sort of sticks out for you or... The first one that comes to mind. There was, it got to a point where I had three with me. So I had a small spirit who I thought was a little girl. I had a taller spirit who I thought was her dad. They were both white spirits. And then there was this black shadow that never ever went next to me, but he was always behind us. So as I walked, you know, to wherever. I'd have three of them, so I'd have the little girl skipping along and the dad figure kind of here, but the black shadow always, always behind me. And I kind of accepted them so much that I just kind of went with them. And one day I took the little girl, you know, I followed her. I basically decided to follow them. Um, and I followed her to on this walk I've never done in Brighton, ended up underneath the arches where Green Door Store is, you know, under the station. And there's this toy shop. I opened the door and she went in and she was dancing like they've got this aeroplane on the ceiling and she was just darting in and around the thing. And after that, I had, I didn't see her again. So it was almost like I took her to the toy shop and then she was happy. And then the dad figure, I followed him once and he took me to the beach and he just he just kind of just floated into the water and he was dancing on the water. So you know how the... Waves create the beautiful white froth stuff. Seafoam. Seafoam, yeah, 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 like the Guinness Hover with the horses. He was kind of doing that, and then suddenly loads of them were just dancing and in the sea, and that was him. So then I was like, okay, the one I have to actually follow now is the shadow that's always behind me. So I was a bit apprehensive, because he really scared me. I don't know why, but I just felt like he was... Because he was always behind me, so I never really saw him. And I was like, okay, this is going to be really hard. I follow him because he's always behind me. But I ended up taking him down to the beach and he went underneath the arches and he just literally just hung in the air and started just moving from side to side and then just disappeared. And I was like, oh, my God. So this whole time I thought he was a dark spirit because he'd done something awful or whatever. But then I realised actually he'd know he'd hung himself from the arches and that's why he was a dark spirit because he ended his life you know and I was suddenly it gave me a wider perspective on my own judgment you know I know we're talking about spirits and people may or may not believe but for me it was a really 
an eye-opener that you can't just judge something by what you think it is because it's always something else, you know. And that was just really powerful for me and that's why it really sticks out, you know, because I was actually scared of him, but actually he's the one that most needed my help. You know, he just wanted someone to know that that's what had happened. And that's, anyway, that's what I've made it in my head. (laughs) It's probably not anything to do with that, but yeah. Is this an endorsement for Guinness? Yeah, you've got to have yeah. Guinness. <laughs> yeah. Just should just end it there. Drink yeah. Guinness. Drink Guinness. Does it make, make you strong? Go to Do, Ireland. Guinness makes you to. crazy. No, does it? Well, it's apparently so. It's really good for you. Yeah. <laughs> you had that thing with the Guinness that's like um, the first time they ever cleaned the pipes in the brewery. Hmm. They found a bunch of dead rats. Ooh. Yeah, and then they took out the dead rats from the pipes. And they still served it. No, and then well, oh. they'd been serving it for like you know oh. tens. Decades, years. Oh, right, yeah, okay. But they cleaned the pipes and took out these dead rats. Next batch, they tasted it. It's like, ugh, this Whoa. isn't like normal Guinness. Oh, no. So now they add like, meat extract, I think, now. No. <laughs> to compensate for the taste oh, of the dead rats. gross. Yeah. Oh, my God, no. Yeah. No, that's not good enough. Anyway, so every, anyway. everything is an illusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's the sort of vibe we're on. Yeah. What is okay. a spirit, anyway? How do you know they're spirits? I mean, were they like, do they look like humans? Or what do yeah, they look they like? Yeah, they kind of looked a bit like, everyone says white mist, but it's like like smoke, but permanent smoke. So see-through, light. You know, sometimes they'd be a figure form, but sometimes they'd just be present. But, you know, almost like someone's got a vape, but it's <laughs> not it's not as thick cloud. It's more like just vape smoke of someone walking past or, I don't know. I don't, I can't, it's it- really hard to explain. It's more like a light and phenomena phenomena is that a word like ethereal anomaly yeah it was a dark spirit was mm. it just like black so yeah he smoke. was more like a shadow that's why i say shadow because he that imagine a shadow of yourself on a wall but it's not on the wall it's actually next to you or behind you was that scary yeah he really freaked me out yeah i could see him he'd he'd play in car tires so he'd jump out at me from car tires so you'd just see a black car a black tire on the floor and then he'd just go And there was one time I was crossing the road, I think, to get to the co-op or something. And he just went right in front of this car. And it was almost like he was trying to get me to go in front quickly. And then I was like, no, wait, dude, I'm a human. He was trying to kill you? No, I think he was just playing with it, you know. So he knew that I was aware of him. And I think he was just playing with my... He was a very quick mover. The little girl was skipping and very gentle. The man was very solid, very grounded. But he was a kind of really fast fast one <laughs> so he yeah it was quite off-putting you know peripheral kind of uh. what made you think they were spirits just the fact that what is a spirit anyway like, I th- if, if you didn't even yeah. know what spirit was mm, okay what would they be i don't know because i also saw flies i call them black flies like buzzing yeah. around people um and i could tell if someone was not unhappy i could tell because i could see all these flies so they weren't always misty things they were just Light, I suppose, or dark. Ooh, light. So the, light or dark, so the flies were black. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That didn't really answer your question, did it? I don't even know no. what the question was. <laughs> it's probably a shit question anyway. Yeah. No, I even remember the first day of uni, um, they were still with me. <laughs> so this is, this is the first day of uni? Uh-huh. So this is like... Ages ago. Um, is that part, part of distress and stuff then? That... maybe yeah maybe 
I don't know. Transitional I just phase. Can't, I just accepted them. That's a, that's the thing. So it was just part of my life to have these following me, you know. Um, but I remember walking through opposite the pavilion. What's that place called? It's not even the Steen. It's the one next to the uni. Basically opposite King Queen in the uni. That patch of land yeah. with the fountain. No one, most people, it's beautiful. Just, they don't even know where Brighton is, do they? They <laughs> yeah. think it's probably somewhere in Canada. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but no, I just saw um, just a white spirit just that he just basically went flew up to the top of the tree and like touched one of the leaves and the leaf fell in front of me like real leaf oh shit it was so beautiful it was just like really magical because my dad had said he'd sent the ancestors to kind of take care of me and I really believed him because after that I kind of felt okay I felt like I'd actually been given some sort of I don't know hug I suppose (laughs) I felt like I was I was being guided and I was safe you know, before it was very up in the air, didn't know what was going on, I was a bit lost, blah, blah, blah. but then I suddenly just felt really connected to the universe, you know, and for me it was a very spiritual thing, so it wasn't a, anything to be scared of, it was just, they were just there, and, you know, it was, yeah... What were other people around you saying at the time? Oh, they didn't know. Oh, that's what I was saying. So, yeah, the fly thing. So yeah. I was in the quad, so we all went out... Um, for lunch or something and I was just sitting there and I saw, I saw these flies come and this girl who I didn't even know just came and stamped on one she was like I fucking hate those flies I loved it because she could see them too and oh, we'd found wow. we'd found so, that we could see the flies what if they were real flies they weren't no they weren't because I, I looked at her I was like who is this girl How well, exactly. she, is she my, real she's real yeah yeah she was my friend at uni um, and it was just really nice how we both shared that when we we didn't even know who we who we each other were you know but we just were like oh my god you can see them and she's like yeah of course i can and as we were saying that there was this gust of wind i mean it sounds so cliche but gust of wind honestly the leaves kind of blew up towards us and we both saw this man standing there and we're like okay let's stop talking now (laughs) because i kind of feel like if you'd start talking they do come so that's why i don't really like talking about them much because they do they hear you you know the flies not the flies, just the spirits. Yeah. yeah. Did they talk then or what? No, flies don't talk. They're just there. Did the spirits talk? Yeah. What did they say? What I do had... they sound like? Can you do an impression? Oh, God. There was lots of whispers, so they'd be like... Yeah, is so it like the ring wraiths in Lord of the Rings or what? Oh, God, no. No. God, they no. were more friendly. <laughs> Thank God, no, yeah. I didn't get any of those. I got, yeah, I got quite dark ones. But they weren't scary like that, no, God, no. No, they're just, like, dark, like... I saw one of those, though. My God, horrible. What? What? So what? Like, one of the wraiths. Oh, shit. Oh, jeez. You must be important, then. It was... No, it was just very... I did... The thing is, it was... I was so scared, because I I said I tried to get over the fear. I genuinely was scared for my life. Basically, we were in this country house. It's amazing, beautiful. um, Actress, probably shouldn't say her name, but she was had the most amazing house. And we were all in there and my dad just came wheeling in with some wood for her fire. And it was all, everyone's busy in, in the room, in the room. Suddenly everyone leaves and I'm the last one in the room. And I'm like, oh God, the door's closing. Oh my God. And I go to reach the door handle and this, whoa, this man just stands there like one of the race. And I'm just like, what happened? You know, I was left. What everyone was busy in the room. Everyone was there and suddenly everyone goes and I'm left with this guy. And I'm just like... 
what do I do? There's literally nothing I can do. The door was actually closing. What happened? Pitch black. Well, I had to run through him to oh. get to the door. You didn't offer him a drink or anything? Oh, no. no. I couldn't even, I couldn't even look. I was so terrified. I had to just literally close my eyes and run because it, like, there was literally no space to get through and it was just him and the door. And I was just like, I totally froze. But then I was like, I can't freeze because it's going to be pitch black in a sec. The light is going. <laughs> so, yeah, I had to just run. That was a horrible, horrible thing. And I was Which so was shaken it? up from the wraith. Which one, though? Was it the Witch King of Angmar or? <laughs> no. no. No, I don't think he'd found the ring yet. No, sadly. So you, have you seen Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Yeah? Of course. What if you'd never seen Lord of the Rings? Would you have seen that guy? No. The thing is, I think... I'm coupling Lord of the Rings and the Wraiths with something I find very, very scary. What? Them. This black shadow figure. Shadow people. So, yeah, but you know in um, uh, Muppet's Christmas Carol? Yeah. You know the ghost? Oh, yeah, the that ghost. shit's really scary, shit, isn't that it? freaked me out yeah. so much. So that has always been... That's for been, kids as well. That's Yeah, exactly. That's always been one of my triggers of pure fear, oh. you know? And so the Lord of the Rings guys... They kind of emanated yeah. it, I suppose. But that is just my pure fear thing. And when I was, you know, early on in my psychosis, I had this really, really vivid dream. And I just felt like, oh, it was the weirdest dream. I wrote all of this down. I've got this diary of all my crazy scribbles. It's amazing. Um, but it starts with me. I think I'm lying on a bed or something and I can just feel him sucking my blood. Really? It's one of the, it's the horrible thing. <laughs> It was just, it's, it goes on and on. It's a really, really messed up dream. But yeah, then I think that was just part of my subconscious, like that fear that, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, those ideas, where do they yeah. come from? Well, I think it's just as you're, when you're a kid, you do get terrified by stuff. And I think that does stay with you. You know, everyone has their yeah. fears. I can't climb a ladder without being scared. You know, I can't, I'm really afraid of heights. Um and I think everything just gets amplified, you know. When you're happy, you're so happy. And then when you're low, you're so low that, you know, the floor is not even low enough. It's, you know, and Ooh, I think... That's deep. Oh, no, but it's true. I remember, like, being you have to dig a so... Hole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I remember being so overwhelmed by it all and just feeling very, you know, distraught that, you know, crying, everything. And I, I created this pool of cry tears on the floor and I just remember falling onto it and then like the shadow of my hand it was just all really kind of very gloomy and but it was the little white ghosts <laughs> that helped me out of it because I then suddenly saw you know, a reflection or something in the water and it turned into something beautiful from something awful and just being so sad and not knowing blah, to actually you know coming out of it and seeing beauty in it I think, I mean, this sounds like probably a little bit over-romantic, but I, I tend to find that um, I, I've sort of come to think of psychosis as the brain being, like, artistic in mm -hmm. the most chaotic yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's sort of like the, the boundaries of when we think it's all right to talk in a metaphorical way are mm -hmm. completely stripped away. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, we, yeah. in society, we have those... <clears throat> we've got these pre-agreed times where we can talk about stuff that means weird stuff like mm -hmm. whether it's looking at a painting and thinking you see all this stuff in it or it means mm -hmm. all this stuff mm -hmm. that's all right that's acceptable or if you go and watch a film and you're like oh i think this means that i think this represents that but as soon as you step outside of those pre-agreed spaces mm -hmm. and you start mm -hmm. thinking 
in a way that's really metaphorical and symbolic, mm. then you're crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, exactly. I think it's, yeah, you're very much thinking deeper than most people usually do. And that's not necessarily acceptable because we might say, we might come out with something that's really obscure and people just go, what the hell? But actually it's because we've gone so much more into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I felt very free to talk to anyone, you know, whether I should or not, you yeah. know, it was very, I didn't have any boundaries. If there were no boundaries, I was exploring everything. Is that dangerous? You know? Totally. Yeah. I put myself at risk so many times no, without even knowing it though. So they came and sectioned you then, right? <laughs> well, no, they tried. Oh. <laughs> plot twist yeah no they were coming to get me in the ambulance um my dad oh wait wait let's tell the story properly do do the story justice because everyone loves this story (laughs) it's a good story (laughs) okay so they yeah they were coming to get me um my dad who's they the people the i don't know the ambulance so what bring me into the moment what's happening i'm at my mum's um and it's got to a point where she doesn't know what she can do, so she contacts my dad, and my dad is never, ever on time. He's a druid, like Gandalf, so he makes up druid time so he can arrive whenever he means to. Um, But luckily, my dad is early, and he manages to get me and take me away in the car before four o'clock, which is when they're coming to get me. Um, So he ends up scooping me off so they don't get to touch me, and he takes me to the countryside... And he just lets me be. And I just roam the countryside the whole night. I'm chasing the light. So the moon and the clouds, you know, the moon's the most magnificent light, but the clouds are really dark. And, you know, so I'm always trying to find the light, basically, is my mission of the the night. And I end up, oh, it's, it's beautiful. I get lost in the wilderness. I see these white robed people with lanterns, like, guiding the way, you know, and it's just, I'm just basically trudging the countryside. No one's there. It's totally silent, totally beautiful. And it's just the most amazing, amazing journey. You had a good time. Totally. Right. Yeah. I end up mo- lis- losing a welly, um, literally lose all of my clothes apart from one scarf. <laughs> and just, yeah, totally just born free. Yeah. But society's response to you was, um, let's lock her away in a horrible, dingy building with bars on the windows. Whereas actually all you need is an open space and to feel safe and just go. Ah, It's like everyone's fantasy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What if I didn't end up in this shithole with people shoveling shit down my throat? No, exactly. What if I could go and be in a forest? But then they'd be like, oh, it's too risky for you to be in a forest. You might get in a fight with a tree or something. (laughs) Exactly. This is the thing, I really feel like it is very backwards how um, I felt all I needed was to just be and just to be left to be, not judged with this, you're not right, something's wrong, blah, blah. No, let me just be. And my dad did that, you know, he was very good at just saying roughly structure of some sort of day and then just let me go off and do it, you know. So you just needed space, basically. You just needed space. Yeah. And I think that's really important because our mind at the time is so filled with all of this stuff. You mm. need the space to be able to cope with that. If you're in a confined space and your mind is full, you're just going to explode. So they're just going to give you more drugs. So that there's, no, there's not going to be a place... You can't have any resolution with that. Some people do and some people find it useful. 
But me personally and the journey I went through, I feel like it's not okay to do that to someone. What's that? Well, lock them up, you yeah. know, make yeah. them not able to... Because the one thing I regret is that I wasn't able to say what I wanted. To who? Because to anyone. Right. Would you, you like a cup say... of tea? I couldn't even answer. I was mute because I was so scared of what was happening. I just totally shut down you to scared... the rest of the world. Were you scared of what people were going to react? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was scared of what, yeah, how people would judge me. So I just stopped. I stopped talking. I just went all internal. And I think that was part of the problem is because when I started talking again, I was like, remember, mum, I remember. And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about because I didn't share it, but I thought I had. And I think that's really interesting is that you feel you've said stuff to people. You feel they've been there with you. And they were there in the room, but you don't, you didn't say anything. They haven't noticed what you have, you know. And I think that's what's important is that we all see the world differently and we should be allowed to see the world differently and not because you're seeing this, because you're hearing this, you need to take this drug now. Like, that's not okay because actually your eyes see the world totally different to my eyes because my mind might see that speck of dust on the wall, but you might not, you know, it's... Mm. It's okay to notice things and it's okay to experience that. You can't you know? put a sort of objective no. understanding on something that's inherently subjective. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You want to have a break? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back in one second. Literally. Okay. Yeah. It's like we didn't go for a break. <laughs> what role did art play in going crazy and stuff? Okay. So I used it as a way to explore what had happened to me um creatively so it wasn't art therapy or anything but I suppose it was it was a way of using my experiences but to be able to channel it and work through it when it's happened you were just starting university Mm -hmm. doing what uh performance and visual art music so yeah it was like installation and soundscape and because I chose music it was being able to compose and you know write my own stuff but also do something visual so it was just the best course in the world and you had to start you had to choose between music dance and theatre so at the beginning I had to do all three because I was like don't make me choose I I love them all but then by the end I was like actually no music is definitely my heart you know that's where I feel most comfortable um what sort of music? Well, this is, yeah, this is the thing. When I started exploring what had happened to me, it kind of just came. It was really weird because I've never seen myself as a composer. Like, I love singing, I love sound, I love harmonising. But then when I was go- delving into my d- diary that I'd kept, you know, when I was reading back what had happened to me, my own take of it, I would just wake up with a melody in my head and I was like, oh, my God, this is it, you know. And I just kind of, it just came, you know, when I found I'd managed to find a channel for it, it just all just came flooding and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a battle. I wasn't fighting to make a piece of music by Friday. It was just pouring out of me and I thought, yeah. It's like a eureka. Hmm. Yeah, it just kind of opened that that part of me, you know. That whole idea that there is a eureka moment mm-hmm. when you're doing stuff. Because we're both creative people, mm-hmm. whatever that means. Um, <laughs> I feel like the idea that the mm. Eureka moment is a thing that you mm-hmm. have to wait around for mm-hmm. this thing to just appear in your head. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a dangerous idea that yeah. stops you from actually yeah. putting in loads of work to arrive at something. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, but then also the more you do something, the more that's likely to happen. Yeah, know? that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you can sit around for years waiting for the idea to appear mm-hmm. in your head or mm-hmm. you can sit down at a desk and just force it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who, who don't consider themselves creative people, mm-hmm. that's because they've never sat down at a desk and mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a desk, can be a stool <laughs> or a table or anything. Any other four-legged thing. Yeah, three-legged thing. Cardboard box, yeah. yeah. On the floor, sit on the floor. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that's because it's kind of because they've never sat down and, and just um, mm-hmm. tried to be creative. Yeah. Whatever that means. It's just exploring something within you, you know, whether it be a mark on a page or a note. It's just purely you. And that's what I feel art is. It's just freedom of expression and expressing your you. And that's, you know, why I find such a resonance with it, I think, is because no one else can have my life. No one else can draw how I draw, whether I draw well or not. It's just about me. Yeah, because when I was in hospital, Mm. you know, I wanted to... um, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast. I'm going to try and not repeat stuff over and over again. (laughs) But I'll say it anyway. I was just, like, pacing up and down, wanting stuff to do. They wouldn't Mm. sort of give me anything to do. And Mm. before I'd gone in there, I was, like, you know doing all sorts of stuff like making weird films and film myself and doing weird mm-hmm. paintings and, mm-hmm. and then when I went in there I wasn't able to express no. myself like that no exactly so I'd do stuff like um all the staff they had this little table in the main room area mm-hmm. the common area where people just sitting around watching tv and drinking mm-hmm. ridiculous amounts of coffee to combat the drugs yeah um, the staff would sit at this table and read the newspaper and sort of just keep an eye on people one of them at a time. The rest were mm-hmm. behind glass in the office doing paperwork. Right. Obviously. Got to get the paperwork done. Got to get your clipboard yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I got one of the newspapers before anyone read it at the start of the day mm-hmm. after I'd taken my medication for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And I went through and took out all the eyes of the people in the, in the pictures. <laughs> and I just like, put them all on this one piece of paper. Oh, wow. And then, uh, one of the members of the staff picked up the newspaper, went mm-hmm. to read it, mm-hmm. just like looked at it, and he, could just, he just saw through it and was like, oh, just slammed <laughs> it down the table, frustrated. And that was pretty funny. And then yeah. because of that, they were like, oh, you must have paranoid schizophrenia. <sighs> but if yeah. they'd have just given me a fucking pen anything and a piece of paper, to, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't have anything done Anything to express yourself yeah. with. Like, yeah. oh, God, you're going to find anything, you know. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people who go through these things, they, they think they're Jesus. I don't know if that's just something mm. that men have when they have it. No, I think, yeah, it was, yeah, I did. It wasn't Jesus, but I felt like the universe was trying to tell me something. The, it was a really profound thing that was happening to me. So it was almost like, I think I said messiah That's not even a word, but it felt very meant to be. It felt like, I was up there, you know, with God, whoever, like with the universe to do something. I was there for a reason. I was I was experiencing this to have a more um profound way of looking at the world. It sounds so awful, but it I don't know, it it felt like I was being shown a path. I was getting all of the all of the world was kind of opening up to me and it felt like I was treading the right path you know it got to a point where I wasn't even wearing shoes because 
I, you know, get. Well, no, but I also didn't want to hurt the bugs. You know, a bit like a Jane who sweeps the free the sweeps the floor in front of their free. It felt like that. I felt like I needed to experience all of the world. So I, you know, I was wearing Guinness slippers. Cool, Guinness again. I know, no ridiculous. Sponsoring the podcast because they ended up getting covered in um, sheep poo, (laughs) so I threw them away, and I ended up just walking with bare feet, and it was so painful. Ended up in the middle of a sheep's field thistles everywhere and just going right okay the only thing I could do is run (laughs) and I ran across the whole thing stupid I could have just delicately walked in amongst the thistles but I decided to run and then ended up on stones gravelly horrible and I remember drawing diagrams of what my feet ended up because it was scratches everywhere like horrible bits and bobs but I had I knew exactly how I'd done each thing and for me that was like my journey through what I was experiencing you know visually on my feet because these are what carry me through life. And it just felt like a real, you know, bit like Jesus, you know, like he wore flip-flops, I mean, for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, it just felt like I was more, oh, I was more in touch with it by being in barefoot. You know, I could feel everything. And I think that was important to me for some reason. I thought, you know, shoes kind of, you don't feel everything with a shoe. You don't feel hardly anything. And that's great, but actually it does take a little bit of stepping back and realising where you are and what you're doing and each each um, footstep you make does, it makes a difference, you know. Yeah, otherwise you're just standing still, aren't you? Well, exactly, yeah. or going around in circles. So I think, what, is a messiah, it's like, it's like a saviour? Is that what, did, was yeah. there anything in there of you? Like some people that, that yeah. I've got this message, I need to tell everyone about it, I've got to save the world, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, some people are like, oh, the apocalypse is coming, I've got to tell everyone. Was there anything around that that you had? I guess, no. I guess it was more... It was more about I'd been to that place of pure beauty. I'm so sorry, that was my phone. Sorry. Like pure... Just pure life, pure um, energy. And I felt like my message was to tell people that that's not anything to be scared of like you can get to there without having to feel judged or i'm not explaining it very people much will judge you though won't they yeah, of yeah course. as soon as you say energy oh, people are like yeah well, exactly i'm well, triggered talk about yeah, yeah exactly yeah i don't know yeah well it's there's gotta be a better time than energy right because mm. energy is just mm. like just yeah i don't know feeling feeling good yeah. vibes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So you would you you think it's sort of you, you've gone over the edge? Hmm. Yeah, and back again. There and yeah. back again. A hobbit's tale. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Well, look at this synergy. Yeah. Sorry, we planned Amazing. it. We had no. We didn't plan this whatsoever. No, but it's true. And I feel like now that I've come overcome it, you know, and managed to speak again, it feels like I'm still carrying that. I'm still feeling the world is that beautiful, but you just need to find it. You just mm. need to be open to finding it and I'm not saying go off and have an episode of psychosis but I'm do I do believe that it does take you to a deeper understanding of what it is to be alive I really mm. do to be like a human to, to be human yeah. to be here to be yeah, to present know, sort of to know how not necessarily powerful but mm. how everything you know is sort of entwined with your perception and your yeah. mind that yeah you can kind of um there's something sort of beyond that. Yeah, totally. It's all encompassing. Our our brains are so filled with everything on a permanent basis. So we may not even be noticing it. It might be a subconscious thing, but you know, sight 
smell, touch, but we don't even think about it. And I think with psychosis, it was a very much a heightening or an awareness of everything. And it's not being able to filter that stuff out. So everything is important all the time. And that's why you just can't focus because you're aware of everything. You're overwhelmed. Totally, totally. And I really do think it's a surge of information that actually we couldn't cope with because we were so overwhelmed by it all that we couldn't find a, a channel, a way of being like, okay, so this is happening. You know, that's why I did try and stay as still as I could, you know, tried to centre myself because otherwise I would just run away with it. I'd spend hours in my own mind just going, oh my goodness, you know, like thinking about everything and especially being in nature, I saw the clouds and they would turn into these shapes and it felt like God, it really did. I had this one cloud which was a profile of a man and oh, it was just remarkable. God's got to be a man, has he? I know, but it was just a profile of a face but there was no hair, that's why I say man because there was no hair. Women can't be bald could be bald of course yeah. <laughs> you know it's my own it's my own eyesight <laughs> well that's what i, what yeah. I always wonder because like, mm. there is that common thread at least from the people i've met that there is something about um like god or jesus mm. or a messiah mm-hmm. or something beyond mm-hmm. the material world that is tapped into and I feel a lot of people want to sort of squash that idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty atheist, probably as atheist as they come. Mm-hmm. But I do think there is something about that experience, which mm-hmm. is spiritual, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder how much of it is inherent to being a human being. Like if, if mm-hmm. we'd have never heard of the concept of God yeah. or the idea of Jesus. Yeah. And we went into that state. Would we still have that sort of messiah thing that sort of hero thing is that just inherent in people or is it just because we've been fed it yeah i think it's i think probably from what i said earlier i've always loved buddhism i've loved just i don't know it feels really grounding it feels really spiritual but also there's about ego and i think as a human you do have ego and and in buddhism it's about um not relinquishing the ego but but turning it from yourself into um a collective or something i don't really know not sorry channeling the self so the self isn't it's a it's a unit it's it's i'm not explaining it well at all because i'm not a buddhist monk but (laughs) i just for me when you said about the messiah thing i think it is an ego thing i think it is a your own personal journey is a very personal thing because it is purely happening to you. And I think the Messiah thing is about yourself. It doesn't mean whether it's God or Jesus or whatever. It's about your, your upper, your higher self. And it's your higher self that you're getting in touch with. And that's why you feel so powerful or so, um, what's the word? Oh, I can't think of the word. Pumped pumped yeah like proper like full of life you know full of you know untouchable in a way because you you don't there are no boundaries and you don't feel scared you feel totally yourself and it's okay and it's natural and I I saw it as my higher self so it wasn't you know Jesus or anything I didn't need to make it a thing it was just what it was and I was experiencing it you know it's part of that you know I'm like higher I'm powerful Mm -hmm. I'm Maybe, you know, me and Jesus are thick as thieves sort of thing. <laughs> we're, on, we're in the same gang. Or Do you think that's sort of um, a reflection of how we sort of feel helpless as people? 
sometimes mm-hmm. you know we feel mm. like the world is this massive thing that we have no control over yeah and part of going crazy air quotes for mm-hmm. the uh, yeah. audio medium <laughs> is sort of trying to stake a claim back on the world like i want to yeah. you know when people feel they're jesus and they're trying to save the world that's because they mm. feel so sort of helpless with yeah, it that they, totally. they just get so much that they want to sort yeah. of yeah break out but i think it's also it's taking back that control for your own life yeah i think that's what's important is that you're actually you're saying no this isn't what i want for my life and you're harnessing your own power your own control because you are the one that is in control of your life no one else you can think it's the world and all these bastards but if you if you yourself tread carefully or do what it is that makes you truly happy then those bastards don't mean anything they yeah. honestly literally water over ducks back. They're literally fine. They might be powerful. They might have money. They might be controlling the banks. But <laughs> we as humans, we have our own control over our own lives. And that's all we can actually focus on is our own path. How we perceive the world. In yeah, our, exactly. But then there are, we, we are controlled, aren't we? You know? Yeah. But you don't need to dwell on that. <laughs> what if you're like, <laughs> what if you're like put in prison and they like beating you every day? Yeah, that's horrible. But you know, look at Gandhi. He, <laughs> you, you do. There were ways of knowing that that's not you. That's them. Yeah, yeah they people have to do live that, with the yeah. guilt of beating you up. You, you are being beaten, but you can heal. The body's amazing at healing. What about that Buddhist thing? It's like the no is it the noble truth? That uh-huh. thing? The, yeah, no, yeah. the first one's like life is pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But what I'm aware of through this whole journey is that you can choose to focus on that or not. So you, you can you can feel the pain, you can know the suffering, you can be totally inundated by it but you can actually also focus on the good stuff as well you could there's always a balance well if you can't see the good stuff then you need to try harder <laughs> no and what i mean is you need to for me anyway when i was at my lowest i knew i have to find ways of getting myself out so i do things like look outside see the birds see the trees see beauty again and that would slowly but surely get me back to my my true self, you know. And when I was at my lowest, it was always horses. Like, from a very young age, I've always had this connection with horses. I can't, I can't explain it. I just, I feel so at one with them. I feel so peaceful. I feel so myself, you know. And so if I ever f- falter now, I'm just like, wait, need to go riding. What do the horses think? They love it. They love it. Oh, my God. The second you are actually still enough to be with a horse and they come to you rather than you go to them, the most incredible experience. Honestly. I I used to have horse riding lessons when I was a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. But didn't you find that it was just so... They're such magical, majestic beasts. Like, honestly, they're huge, but they're so delicate and so gentle and just so loving. I love them. What about elephants? I love elephants, but yeah. I've never been lucky enough to be near one. So you you were in control. Is that what you said? Do you say that? No, I said um, experiencing what we've experienced was our way of harnessing yeah. back our control. But over not our life. quite. Yeah, <laughs> realizing something was up. Yeah. Realizing something was not quite right in our lives, and we needed something to trigger us trigger trigger us out of it. That's how I see it. So I wasn't very happy in my job. I you know was had a difficult 
relationship. It just all got a bit stagnant and I was just a robot. Beep, beep at the checkout. That was literally my life. And I was like, hmm, no. And, you know, I'm a, I'm an actress. I just had to leave with a bang. I couldn't just be like, right, sorry, here's my notice. Off I go. Had to, had to, de- go, had to yeah. go full yeah. bang yeah. <laughs> and just leave, you know. Shouldn't they still tell stories about you? Oh, I don't even know what yeah. they say. I'm too scared to go back in. Like, it really is just horrible. But I did. I made myself, I forced myself go, to go back in because I couldn't bear the having the black hole of, oh, God, I can't even go up that street. So like, it's, it's just a supermarket. Yeah. You're on the checkouts. Oh, yeah. I bet they've got loads of people in there going crazy. Right? Yeah. I bet that's well, like I a mean, monthly thing. But that's the thing. I feel like my mind was so much. I mean, there were perfectly happy people there. They love it there. They've been there since I arrived and, you know, How they're still they there, it? bless them. How do they do it? They obviously switch off. don't need as much... Um, Oh, I don't know. I just got so bored. I got so bored. But some people are happy there. They're happy just doing a normal thing and leaving it's nine not normal, to five. I'm oh, sorry, I said. Normal. Is it normal? It's weird. No, it's weird. I I just felt like my brain was just literally dying. My soul was dying, <laughs> and I had to get out. I had to to be able to use myself to my full potential. I mean, God. If you reach your full potential. No, I'm still waiting. <laughs> You're still what? <laughs> still waiting (laughs) no no but at least i didn't have to scan carrots anymore scan carrots Mm -hmm. what i bet that made you do them individually i knew all the codes literally that was all my amusement i knew all the codes off by heart like to waste stuff like i literally i could just do it without even looking it was (laughs) ridiculous what about all those people who are like ah everything you just said it's all bullshit i've got one word for you Mm -mm. illness Oh, God. Well, what's your reaction mm. when someone's like, um, all that stuff you went through, mm. Mm. you've got something wrong with your brain, mate? Yeah, I really struggle. I really struggle with that because... that That's the dominant view of mm-hmm. that experience, yeah. isn't it? I think... I don't think it's an illness to um, explore your mind. I really don't, because it's, if any, it's like so it's for, it's forced upon you though. You're you're you've been. Oh god, yeah. It, you right? don't you don't choose to it. So to it's not like you've just happen. gone like no I'm no. Go and fucking yeah. Meditate. I'm just gonna go think. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna go no. think myself. No. Crazy. Yeah, but I just. I just, it's also the putting you in a box. You mm. know the labeling. You are this. I find that difficult because we are all individuals. Humans are very different, obviously. There's, you know, I, I find it difficult when they categorise you and they say, right, you've got bipolar, right, you've got this. Whereas actually, you know, we all experience the world differently. Yes, we might have similarities because that's why humans get on, you know, whatever, opposites track, sure. Like... It's not okay to just be like, right, group you guys on that drug. Group you guys on that drug because that's helping your brain. For me, it's not. Having an alien thing inside you to fix you is not ever going to be what I choose to do. It's For me, it's not part of it because that's why I feel so strong in what happened is that I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to have a drug. I had my own willpower and you know the support and love of my family to get me through it without having to have any of that shit and it just it feels 
it feels really saddening when I hear people's stories if they, you know, tie down on a bed or whatever. I mean, I'm going a bit far, but... Oh, well, it happens. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just can't bear that because that is totally not what should be happening. They should be hearing what we need and we need nurturing and we need support. You know, we don't need fake drugs to tell us whether we're okay or not it's not an illness i do not believe it's an illness i believe it's a thing that gets triggered in your mind and there's certain level of maturity so when you're growing up and there's all the overwhelming stress you've ever experienced in your life up until this point you then just go and some people deal with it well and they're fine the next day but some people takes a little bit longer to process all the information that we've received until that point in our life, you know, and some of us just have to take a bit longer to work things out, you know, and that's all I see it as. I see it as as my own personal growth into adulthood. And so I will never, ever see it as an illness. It will never be an illness to me. It was an experience. It was a growth. It wasn't a... A growth. Yeah. Like a mole. Sorry, a growing, a growth... (laughs) Well, you know what I mean. (laughs) A tumour. What if, what if Mm. it's not us that are real... What if? Mm. Bear with me. Okay. What if the world is ill? Mm-hmm. Zing. Yeah. Whoa. In a way, I th- I wish people could understand what it is like to have psychosis so that they would understand, but also, like you say, what if it's them that's ill? It's their lack of understanding that I believe is creating the problem It's them not knowing what it feels like to go through what we have and then just assume that, oh, you take diazepamilabidine, you know, like that's not helpful. I think the problem comes when it's given as a sort of cure-all, like a panacea, Mm. that's something that you're sort of supposed to be on forever. Mm. Whereas I think there is, in the same way, it's like you drink, you know. Mm -hmm. You drink because you you want to, you choose to. Yeah. And you like the state it puts you in because it's, you know, a nicer state to be in sometimes than being yeah, sober. Yeah, I think it's I don't drink to get drunk. I drink because I like the taste of gin. <laughs> yeah, well, that, you know what I mean. So like yeah. if some people might get drunk because it makes them feel less sort of anxious. Yeah, so yeah, 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 totally. Someone might take a drug. Mm-hmm. They might prefer that state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair, exactly. It does, it, I think it's a way of... Um, it's not, not like a coping, cure for, for a state. But, yeah, it's a way of where you feel comfortable, yeah. I think. So and, it's, it can be, yeah. it's like a stepping stone, which mm-hmm. should be more of a stepping stone than sort of like a a, a curse or like mm-hmm. being... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's what absolutely. It, feel, it feels like that. For, it has felt like that for me a lot when mm-hmm. people have been like, you've got to take this medication for the rest of your life mm-hmm. or you're going to go crazy mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And that would be terrible. No, exactly. And I couldn't, I couldn't cope with that. So do you think when people are like, this is psychosis, that means you've got this mm-hmm. disorder? Mm-hmm. Do you think that, who do you think that's for? Do you think that's for you? Or do you think that's for like them to feel more comfortable? Yeah, I purposely asked to not be told what they thought I had. Um, because I didn't think it would help me. If anything, I think it would make me research what that is and then go, oh my God, yeah, I've got that or whatever. I think it's more important for me to actually meet people that have also experienced stuff and actually talk to the humans that have actually experienced it, not dude in a white lab coat. I don't know if they wear lab coat, they won't. But, you know, like I, I, for me, it was much more 
Um, there's a simple word, but it's gone. Deep. Yeah, it yeah. means a lot more to actually just talk to humans, just talk to people that have also had the same experience and share that with people than it is to be told you have this. That Like, that's just too... It's too textbook. You know, you could pick up a blooming encyclopedia and read it. You don't need to... You know, there's no heart in that. For me, it's all about humans and human nature, and that's what happened in the first place is our our reality just got a bit distorted. You know, we just needed to come back, and we don't need alien foreign bodies, anything. You know, we can just we can just get on. Who gets and to decide what's real anyway? Exactly. Or what exactly. Is. Exactly. Now, do you ever worry? <clears throat> do you ever sort of think what would have happened if you did get sectioned? Yeah, I totally. Yeah. Yeah. What what do you think about that? Oh my god. I think I probably wouldn't be here. Really? Yeah, I think it would be far too overwhelming to even I think I would be in a very different place. Have you been at one of those places before? Oh well, where where does your sort of idea of what those places are like come from? Oh god. Do you like films or Yeah, probably films. Yeah. Is it Rebecca? No. Um, there's one where... Oh, it's Wuthering Heights. There's one where he keeps his wife locked up in the tower. I think it's Wuthering Heights. He turns blind. I don't know. This is, anyway. is this like... Is that Jane, Jane yeah, Austen? Yeah, not Jane Austen, but similar. Yeah, yeah sorry. Period drama. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Bringing that to no, the table. I've got no idea what's going on with that. <laughs> but no, but in, the character is mad, you know. Yeah. So she's locked up in a tower... And for me, that's horrible. Like, it sounds all right, though. It's a tower. Mm, right? Yeah, it's a beautiful, gorgeous, Probably a nice view gorgeous house. Yeah. You know, lovely furniture. But still, like, that's not okay. She needs to be with people. She needs to feel loved, supported. Like, don't just lock her up. Like, I don't know. I don't, I, for me, it's not, it's not what we need. If someone is struggling, there's no way they need to be on their own. Like, I don't, I don't believe in that. So giving them you know, maybe a comfortable bed. I don't know. I don't even know what it's like to be in a hospital. But you, you, I don't think being on your own is a helpful thing. No, well, you're not on your own, really. You're, no. You're with like, other crazy people. So in that yeah. way, that is one of the things that I sort of took away as being a sort of positive for me. So mm. the people I met in there, they'll always sort of, I'll always sort of carry them around with me because mm-hmm. you sort of develop. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I guess that in the same way as when you're in a prison, you sort of develop a sort of camaraderie with the people that you're in yeah, there with. a rapport. Unless you're in, yeah. like, a gang or something like that. But, you know, yeah. it's not a US TV drama, so it's no, no danger exactly. of that. <laughs> but you just sort of... Um, <clears throat> most of most of the sort of therapy that goes on, mm-hmm. at least in my experience, was with the other people in there. So yeah. they, they were on a similar level to me and they'd listen to me rather than dismiss yeah. what I was saying. Mm-hmm. They sort of wanted to talk... Because the nurses and stuff generally didn't want to no. talk. No. There's some all right stuff that I had in there. There's like a couple of people all right. All right. Did you ever get given a psychiatrist or anyone to talk yeah, to? Yeah, or... well, not okay. a psychiatrist to no. talk to. Got a psychiatrist to talk to me. Tell right. me what, Tell me what's going on. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which so is always you were fun. never given a talking <clears throat> therapy or anything? No, not in there, no. Right, okay. I did, well, yeah, in, in hospital... Don't think it would have been the right time for me to sit no. down and sort of explore it because I was so no. sort of no, no. maniacal and mm. just full of sort of 
untempered energy in a way like i was just walking up and down the corridors in in i remember it i felt like a sort of caged tiger you know mm, like yeah, you know yeah. how tigers yeah, they yeah, walk yeah. up down yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to be sort of enclosed in this no, <clears> exactly. tiny tiny space mm-hmm. but um well, I finally did get to speak to like a real psychologist person mm-hmm. and had like some therapy stuff. I thought about this earlier when you were talking about people want to sort of understand things really simply by looking at them really basically mm-hmm. and sort of picking it apart in a way that makes sense to them more than the person they're trying to make sense of. Mm-hmm. They, this this psychologist said to me, um, if you take a rose and you take it apart and you take the stem away from the thorns and the petals, away from the bud, Mm -hmm. and you lay it all out on a table, you're not looking at a rose anymore, you Mm -hmm. know? And whatever it was is now gone. It's it's been rearranged and taken apart to the point where it's not what it was anymore. It's something different, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like that's sort of something that happens when we're like, we've got an illness. Yeah. Done. Next. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's that's always sort of... And what I think that sort of applies to a lot, that sort of metaphor. Yeah, so yeah. when I, I, I'm sort of the creative person, mm-hmm. who's so I feel like metaphors are sort of yeah. relate to more than... Oh, yeah, absolutely. More rigid yeah. me- meaning bollocks. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So I feel yeah. like something that makes no sense whatsoever makes mm-hmm. much more sense to me. Like something abstract, absolutely. Than something or visual, like you saying yeah. that was just like that is perfect. Yeah, it makes know? sense as well. But yeah. at the same time as that, we're not talking about roses, are we? So no, exactly. But it gives you a, I don't know. Yeah, I'm a visual person. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's beautiful. Well, yeah, I'd hope so. I, yeah. I should be a ghost right now. Well, yeah, I'd just be talking to nothing. <laughs> you know, like we want to understand it and stuff, but I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think that the universe is sort of obliged to make sense in a way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we think it makes sense, I feel like we should take a step back. I should be confused, actually, because <laughs> it's really complicated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like that, you know, Werner Herzog, and he's he says, like, uh, the, the universe doesn't smile, which I think is a pretty good mm. sort of way of looking at things. There's that idyllic concept that the world is, like, you know, friendly. Mm-hmm. Like if you go into nature, it's like yeah, it's gonna be some rainbows, it's gonna be some flowers, you're gonna have a great time, you're gonna make yeah. friends with a rabbit, you know. Yeah. But actually, you're probably gonna fall in a puddle and break your welly. Yeah, or you know, <laughs> get attacked by a wolf or something like that. Yeah. And so, but the thing is, life is what you make it, and so if you see the world, totally. No, what I mean by that is, I know cliche. If you see, if you are having a bad day and you're just seeing nothing but negative, negative shit will happen. You'll drop your tea, you'll, you, you know, toast, butter side down. You know, you project how you're feeling. So if you go into nature going, oh, I'm going to get stung by a bee, no doubt you'll probably get stung by a bee. Like if you are open to the beauty of the world, like which is what I experienced the second time round, um, it really came to me. So the way you view the world is as much the world that comes back to you. It's like a mirror. So if you, you know, I don't know. For me, that's how it was. What about that guy in Werner Herzog's documentary? That, well, yeah. I haven't seen it. Rick. <laughs> yeah, that, that gri- grizzly man. You know that one? Uh, that what, guy, about the bear. Yeah, the guy that yeah. made friends with the bears. He thought he was friends with the bears. Yeah. And he hung out with the bears for ages. And then eventually the bear, one of the bears just ripped the shit out of him yeah. and killed him. Yeah, no, you know, that's not that's what cool. I mean, you know. Mm. But there's that whole thing. 
you're you're different to me. Like I like nature. Mm-hmm. I really like nature, but I feel like you know, there's a limit. <laughs> there is a limit. Yeah, I don't yeah. think like everything natural is good. Yeah. You know. Okay. I don't think natural is a, always equates to something being good or better no. than artificial. You know. No, not at all. Because that's always... how you get ripped up by a bear. Yeah, but you also then have to maybe. Because you wouldn't want to go and live in the woods, would you? Because it would be shit, wouldn't it? Well, but the thing is, but that's why I love festivals so much. Because by the by the end day, I am totally myself. I am so Earth Mother. It's incredible. Like <laughs> I feel so at one with the like. I don't have shoes on. I don't care. I'm standing in the mud. I really, my whole self just totally becomes one with. What about if you tread in glass? I have done. I just take it out and carry on. You know. Oh God! What about if yeah. your foot gets infected? Well, yeah, obviously I couldn't live in the wilderness. Yeah. I probably could if well, I was wearing shoes. Well, we've done it shoes. before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It I mean, I'd happily shit. live in nature. For me, it's my it's my therapy. It's my, you know, if you breathe in in a woods, the smell is just beautiful. There's such a gorgeous kind of freshness about yeah, it, yeah. you know? I just feel, for me, it's a real... That is what life is to me. Nature is the absolute not personification that's totally the wrong word but you know what i mean it's the all-encompassing what it is to be alive you know and the seasons show it you know that's a whole cycle that's a whole year of our lives but nature does it all in front of our eyes you know we have to experience death towards the end but nature, nature is the one that dies totally right? it's always rejuvenating and i just feel like that's why death is life Death is, yeah. Rock and roll. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, I, I get that, but I sort of, um, like that whole connection to nature. Mm. I like, like looking at mountains and stuff. Yeah. I look at a mountain, I'm like, shit. Yeah. That mountain's been there for so long. Oh my God, yeah. It's going to be there so much longer yeah. than I am. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. You know? So really, it really puts you in your plate. And the yeah. stars it's as hu- well. It's humbling, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah, the stars. Totally. Like, no one ever looks at the stars, do they? No. They we're all just walking around to go into Tesco's and yeah, exactly. buying, like, milk. <laughs> no one, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to get my daily yeah. mail, go home, going to go vote for Conservatives. <laughs> let just pretend we're not oh, on this. Yeah, that's what it's like. The like. green! <laughs> we're like, like yeah. Like nature. <laughs> they just forget that there's this... Um, crazy shit going on above us that we have absolutely no idea what's going on you choose to focus on yeah and that's what i meant by if you focus on the good you know you genuinely have have a good day but if i go around and i'm like telling everyone look at the stars (laughs) well no like look at the stars you know look at this like we're on this huge sort of weird ball that's floating in Mm -hmm. nothing Mm mm-hmm you know, that's a crazy idea, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. true. I know. But if we'd have gone around saying it like a thousand, well, I don't know how many long ago, wherever, <laughs> you know, before telescopes or something, yeah. and we're like, we're on this big ball, we're floating exactly. in the middle of nowhere. Who knows what's over there? Those stars are balls of fire mm-hmm. that are millions of miles away. Mm-hmm. Everyone would think Lion you're crazy. <laughs> is, that, is that, is it? Yeah. Never seen it. That's what Pumba says in Lion King. I've never seen it. When they're lying down looking at the stars. Yeah, I don't really like uh, Disney. 
Oh, feel like they're evil. Goodness, yeah. Not, I know. Not the company, the films. I only, yeah, I just and the company. It's but. only because it's a childhood memory, you know. We all cling on to those. The messages, though, they're really weird messages. Yeah, I know. You'll have a husband and and actually get married when you're sixteen. What the actual hell? What, you wouldn't. hunters. No, I was thinking of Ariel. Oh, half well, fish, half. It's a little weird, anyway. It's isn't it? weird. Sixteen, yeah. all of that happens to her. My God, awful. Yeah. You know, I only like them because I love the songs. <laughs> Yeah, and I singing hate with my songs. sister. I know, but you're a man. It's not because I'm a man. <laughs> no, no loads of loads of men right. love Disney stuff. Yeah. I think, don't they? I don't know. I think Maybe. I just don't like it because it's too happy and I'm a miserable yeah. bastard. Well, focus on the good. No, I can't. <laughs> How can I focus on the good? Then I'll get hit by a car. <laughs> no, do it in the middle of a field where there are no cars. Yeah. Don't say then you get hit by a bear because yeah, just there's no bears, that. but I think it's no. something eventually, mm-hmm. like a bird. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably tread in shit or <laughs> get shat on by a bird. Yeah. So should we wrap this up? Yeah, let's do it. How do we wrap it up? I don't what know. What do you think? Do you regret do you regret going crazy then? No. Would not you recommend at all. it to I a friend? Made, I think it's made who I am today. Would you recommend it to a friend? I wouldn't want them to go through what I experienced, the the shit stuff. But I think it is a very it is an eye opening thing to happen if you were like um on a scale of one to ten <laughs> how, how enjoyable was your experience well it depends which one you're talking about i had the lows and the highs so um those absolutely not minus one thousand million trillion highs i think people do experience that but they have to take hallucinogens to experience it yeah. and i find that you know they are experiencing it but they're just not calling it mentally ill they're just calling it acid or fucking mushrooms or Mandy, you know, like they don't. That's what I find the hardest now about this going world. To think you're a is everyone thinks, no, I've never taken shrooms <laughs> or acid in my life. <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't. I laugh because I didn't mention Mandy, but um. Oh God! Now everyone knows you're you're on the drugs. No, everyone's I've, on the drugs. No. Well, how come? How come that? I would never. Right I would never take hallucinogens because I know my vivid imagination, and for me, that's too scary. I don't, but this is what I was going to say is that people, normal bunnies, people believe they want, they need to experience that. They need to do drugs to have a good time. I think from what we've experienced, we know what a good time is. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we don't need drugs. So you would recommend it to a friend. We don't need drugs to get there. We can get there, you know, in a more... Oh, I don't know natural way yeah organic totally yeah we know, and endorphins um, that's, like, what, that's they... what it was we just felt good about ourselves I, uh, not even that I'm no I don't know what I'm trying to it's say too, it's but... complicated isn't it mm, so you can't I don't mm, think it's it's not a really nutshell nah. kind of end point it's, it's, <laughs> not, it's not like right or wrong or good or yeah. bad or mm-hmm. simple and neat is it it's more complicated mm. isn't it it's like yeah. so much going on yeah 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 what if you had a little button it's like I can turn an on and off being crazy, being psychotic, air quotes. Mm. Would you press the button? For myself? Yeah. I don't know. Why? Is it because you... Would you be like, oh, what if I don't want to press the button to turn it off again? I, well, no, I'm grateful for the experience because to- it's, it's taught me a lot about myself but at the same time, I do not want to go back there, ever, no. really, no. 
When some of the times when you're describing it, though, it's like really idyllic. It's beautiful, yeah. It was yeah. blissful, but it was also, you know, quite overwhelming. And it's taken a long time to get past it and able to talk about it. You know, it's taken a lot of self-doubt, everything, you know. It's even hard to talk about it without feeling, oh, God, tomorrow I'm going to think about this. Oh, God, tomorrow I might relapse. You know, it's it's always on your mind. You're always thinking, shit, what if, you know. But the only thing I've found that works is to just literally just focus on the good because there is no bad if you do that. And I know that's quite naive, but that's what's working for me. So that's what I'm doing. You know, yeah. I can't, I can't think of what it was to go yeah, that far down. You don't watch down. the news, do you? No, I can't yeah. cope. I, I cry. If yeah. I do, I cry because I care so much about what I'm seeing. Even my mum listens to the radio news, and I hear it, and I just, I literally have to leave. I can't cope with hearing awfulness. I can't even see, you know nature programs without crying for the poor little bunny you know I just I will always have compassion I will always be there with whatever I'm seeing you know whether it's someone brutally dying or whether it's a bumblebee getting squished on the side of the road I can't cope with that and that's probably something says something about me but I would rather live a life of um it's not ignorance it's being consciously aware to not put myself through that. Um, that sounds so selfish, but I just know myself and I know <laughs> that I won't. Yeah, but it's also that is happening and I need to, you know, do something about it. Well, it's not all on you, is it? No, but I do, you know, I do think people probably think that I'm. What, willfully ignorant? Yeah. Yeah. You voted. I did. Yeah. I did. I'm changing the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what else can you do? Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know. You but buy, I'm not, you I'm buy not organic? dismissing it. I'm just trying, yeah, of course. Yeah. Nothing but. Yeah, it's funny when they're like, mm. uh, if you got section, they would have been like, you've got organic psychosis. <laughs> they said I had non organic psychosis. Why? What, did, why? what does this mean? And I probably like did they fertilizers and stuff. Yeah, I guess I did have organic psychosis. I was in nature. This is the most free range you could get. <laughs> not, not factory farm psychosis. No. Yeah. Oh. What? <laughs> it just made me sad. Factory Psy- psychos- farming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Psychosis um, free from pesticides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. They're the pests, though. Bloody white coats. Do you want? Do you what? What if uh, the whole psychosis thing mm. happens to people who are more sensitive to the world? I think so. Than other people, do you I think, think that's, so? I think that's is that a the, thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And the world's quite an obtuse place to be in mm-hmm. most of the time, especially mm-hmm. like living in a town or a city or something. Mm-hmm. It's quite an mm-hmm. aggressive place to be in. You're sort of bombarded with shit constantly. Yeah, I think it's an awareness as well. I think it's like we said, focusing on the small. And there's lots of different things to focus on. That's, I think it's a bit a, a, like a heightened awareness almost. Like you said, it's being sensitive. Over-awareness? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it does take a, a certain type... Oh, I don't they know. Say that's paranoia, don't they? they say that's paranoia, They say that's paranoia. When you're like, oh, I think this means that. Or blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. but it's they just we're, we're just overthinking. We're just thinking more than most people do that's all 
there's that sounds you know, really arrogant though doesn't it like i'm thinking no and no no i mean, I mean some people yeah, want to see it like that thinking I know, I know more about mean, it but, not yeah. deeper more than yeah. people but i mean more about it so i think yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah maybe it is arrogant but fuck it i don't think it is arrogant no. i'm not meaning it Do you think people should be encouraged to think more about what's going I on i think it's important to think about life and just everything really I think if you do something without thinking, then you're not part of, you're not, you're not here. You're not present. I always do things consciously. I have conversations with people looking into their eyes. I'm always conscious. I'm always present. I'm always there. I can't do things whilst looking at my phone, sending a text. That's not the kind of person I am. No, you don't do that, do you? No. Yeah, no, that's quite I'm always quite present. Days, yeah. I'm always... Yeah. I'm not even on my phone. You're sounding sarcastic as if I'm doing that. No, 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 no. It's rare though. Most people you're around, they're like texting, you're talking to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On WhatsApp, Facebook. And you're like, gee, I'm here. I'm giving you all of myself. Can you please put your phone down and be here too? And yeah, but I've always done that. So I can't actually filter. If someone's talking to me, I'm listening to every single word and trying to process it and then respond. And that's why I think at school... You know, I needed a bit more time to do stuff because it was so much information I couldn't actually get the words out in time, you know. Stop texting Peter. Put your phone down. Exactly. Talk to me. Yeah, yeah. I've got a quote. Okay. Paranoia is total awareness. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know who said that? No. Charles Manson. Ooh. You know him? No. No. Is that like guy who made a little cult where they did like, acid and stuff and then went right. and killed a bunch of people oh, you know gosh. you must know who charles manson is no. right oh he got such a great life like, any oh, relation know. to marilyn manson well marilyn manson i think took the name of marilyn monroe oh. and the name of like this oh, horrible God. horrible guy oh, God, called really? marilyn manson uh, no. oh. so he took so marilyn manson I, I think i mean i don't know too much about the guy mm. but he took marilyn Monroe's first name okay. and Charles Manson's second name in that they're uh, sort of two opposites. So one's right, like, yeah. be- like pure beauty. Okay. Mm-hmm. The other however you define that. Yeah. And the other one is like one of the most ugliest people mm. the world's God. ever sort of produced, I guess. It would have been better if you knew who Charles Manson was yeah, after like have. in the quote though. It would I have. like dropping down people and they're like, oh, maybe it is. And they're like, you know, said that? <laughs> this horrible guy. What about this? How come Hitler never got sectioned, but I did? Well, exactly. It doesn't exist probably at that time. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Sectioning? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, they didn't even cage. have locks and keys. They, they didn't have locks and keys. <laughs> what, in the 1930s? No. <laughs> I don't know. They know. had locks and keys hundreds of years ago. Yeah, it's true. Actually, treasure chests. You know, like, mm. they mental asylum's been around for like, hundreds of yeah, years. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. They used to be much nicer. Yeah. Apart from the, like, chains and stuff. They had gardens, Ooh. at least. Okay, so fine. <laughs> let's, let's end this before we yeah. start. Um, Tangent again. <laughs> okay, you end it then. Bye. <laughs> Any final words? What about if someone's out there who's like, oh, I'm Googling psychosis because I've been told I've got that. Right. What do you okay. say to them? You got any words of advice? Go to My, a forest? Actually, the thing that I really found helpful was just writing everything down. Even when I was going through it, you know, there's nothing like just your own voice 
Like, you can Google it, you can go on the internet, but then you'll get lost in a web of whatever you want to search, you know. If I, if you just write what's happening to you, permanent, you know, however you're feeling, whatever, whatever you want to write, you know, you can draw, you can do anything, just keep a record of what's happening because that's what, that's honestly what helped me through because it wasn't just in my mind, it was something there so that I'd know that, that I didn't make that up or that wasn't a delusion or that that was actually real because it's there in my diary, you know. And for me, that was really important because it got to a place where I did not know what was reality, what I was imagining, what my mum would say, no, you dreamt that. And it's like, no, please just believe me. You know, it was all about believing me. And I got dismissed by everyone. But actually what made what was really crucial was just someone, someone listening, someone believing and helping me, you know. So, yeah, that's the one thing I'd say is just right express yourself Mm -hmm. express yourself and look for the believers yeah Yeah. totally yeah surround yourself by loving people that maybe have been there too maybe not in the midst of it all but when you feel strong enough find people to talk to because it really it really makes a difference i think find people that bring the strength out in you yes Yes. turn that frown (laughs) upside down john Has nothing to do with coffee.